Coming up, we're at Hatch and Craven's Slaughterhouse in Denison, Texas. From HAN, I'm Philip, and this is day 45 of our 61 Day Hauntathon, where we're counting down to Halloween by visiting a different haunted house every day here on the show. Today is Saturday, October 15th, and there are only 16 days until Halloween. Remember that the best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our Hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. And to follow along to our Hauntathon, sign up for our free weekly industry newsletter at the link in our show notes. Hatch and Craven's Slaughterhouse has evolved over the years into a slaughterplex, and we'll learn all about it today. Hatch and Craven Slaughterhouse! We don't just make your skin crawl, we make it crawl right off its bones! My name is Barry Travis. I own Hatch and Craven Slaughterplex now. I've been haunting for about 20 years up in Denison, Texas. When they walk up after parking, we have a, a, a big midway uh, that will have a, a zombie paintball shoot, axe throwing. At this point in time, we are still one big attraction. By next year, we hope to be the two attractions for the haunted, haunted attractions. We have a, a big bandstand in the queue area. So when they come up, there's usually a band playing, fire throwers or whatever we have at the time coming up. And they get to wait in line for their demise. My son threw a Cajun twist into a Texas environment about a Cajun family called the Modares that came to Texas to build their fortune. Ma and Pa passed away, left the kids in charge, ran out of meat. And so the guy came into the shop because it was a butcher, it was a slaughterhouse, uh, looking for meat, argued with Craven, the oldest child, and punched him. So Craven chopped him. They didn't know what to do with the body. They were hungry. So they had lunch and found out that the meal that they had was the best meat they've ever had. And so from that point on, the brothers with their crew began to seek after the unwanted in the town and they began to feed the town. <laughs> and that was our storyline. And it's still, it's growing to this day. We are going a little bit of post-apocalyptic this year. So they think they're going into a safe zone in this militia camp that we've built. Um, but we're a little hungry. So we are actor driven. We use live weapons. We practice a lot, machetes, axes, those kind of things. Chainsaws, of course, because we're in Texas, you gotta have chainsaws, right? And then they, they literally walk themselves through in groups of six to eight and hope they come out alive. We build actor playgrounds and we invite our guests into this area. So one actor can, can get five to 10 scares in their area before a group gets through it. Weapons, they are, we're very specific about who uses, not everybody has a weapon, but my main characters, Hatch and Craven, some of my main clowns, myself, which is a whole nother story. The new, in the new version, they got in trouble. They didn't know what to do. So they had their, their what they call their auntie, a voodoo priestess, raise Papa from the dead. So Papa Moder is back alive and well somewhat and help guide the crew being actor focused and making playgrounds that kind of necessitates trade-offs because you want the folks to be on the actors and not like animatronics or right, props. Right, right, right. exactly what we do we do have some some pretty decent sets and scenes set up there is an old pond on the property which is greened over so it looks like a swamp i like play toys yeah. but 
in my in my experience, our our style show I thought was getting obsolete for a while. We were everybody was trying to go to the toys, but for us, what makes Hatching Craven Hatching Cravens is is this actor driven being able to be in so many places to tag team each other. And I don't plan on changing that. Although I still want some toys, but we're still going to keep our keep our focus on on the actor, the actor trainings and, and really getting people to get going. How many actors are you running in every night? We run 35 to 40 actors during season. Our staff's about 65 people. And yeah, staffing is difficult. We do run shorthanded sometimes, but uh, we have learned because of the way that we design. I can get from point A to the beginning of my show to the back end of my show. It's a big yeah. U across my show, anywhere I need to be within a very, very short period of time. And so can the actors. So if they need to fill in or they need to take give somebody, we don't do like an official, just for the flow. Okay. So they take each other's turns, they take places, they team up. Yeah. We do use radios in some of my actors throughout the show to keep the flow going. And if there's any issues, obviously. But, yeah. but for the most part, that communication which is fresh meat, by the way. You moved into a new location. How did you approach it differently? We didn't know that we had to have a new location until the PNZ threw us out because <laughs> they wouldn't give us the CO we needed for our temp permit without a huge financial change as yeah. far as fire systems and such. So we moved 22 trailers worth of material in six weeks and built, we call it the Trail of Death. We threw walls up. We, you actually go through a Winnebago at one point. We used some of the material, the stuff on this new property. The landowner has been really cool. He actually he was born on Halloween. He's got some old cars and stuff out there. We turned into car maze. So we just made this big outdoor, still kind of our theme, the blood, the butchers, the cannibals, the feral children coming out of nowhere, the clowns, clowns with chainsaws. But we instituted it into a trail form, yeah. and it was very successful. So now we're just literally each year we're, we're trying to just upgrade that philosophy, that direction. And yes, raining and those kind of yeah. things, but we've got it now where as long as it's not a week-long flood, we can still handle the show. We've only had yeah. to close one night since we've been in that whole pro in that property in three years. And the militia camp concept, the post-apocalyptic type of thing, yeah. we're probably going to keep for a while just because it looks so cool. It looks like you're driving out to the, the houses that October brings kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, people love that kind of thing. Like I said before, Right up its bows! <laughs>Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope and original music composed by Chris Thomas. We're counting down to Halloween with daily podcasts, videos, and events in our 61-day Hauntathon. Follow along at the link in our show notes. Our Hauntathon is made possible through generous support from Gantam Lighting and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. See what you're missing with a free demo Sign up at gantum.com slash demo. That's gantum.com slash demo. Our Hauntathon team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Omni Adventures. Our partners for this year's Hauntathon include Sharp Productions, HorrorBuzz.com, ScareTrack, TheScareFactor.com, 
and Haunt Topic Radio. The best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our Hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. And to follow along to our Hauntathon, sign up for our weekly newsletter at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. We'll catch you back here tomorrow and every day until Halloween. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.